I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Raise your hand if you think making and maintaining grown-up friendships is hard. At the very least, most of us will agree that relationships outside of the people that we live with takes effort and intentionality that we just haven't needed before. Throw in a move or a change in the season of your life and those connections that you've spent time establishing, well, they shift and sometimes they even end. It can leave us discouraged and wondering if the effort is worth it. Today, I'm talking with Jeanette Tapley about all things friendship. Jeanette is a podcast host, author, speaker, and a friend who loves laughter and a good cup of coffee. Her heart beats for people to be heard, valued, and never alone no matter what stage of life they find themselves in. She is here to help us dispel the myth that adult friendships are too hard or a luxury we need to let go of. I love this conversation because I truly believe that having good friendships feeds our souls and helps us to be a better wife and mom. This conversation will give you encouragement and practical tips on how to make that happen. Welcome, Jeanette. It is incredible to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to sit down and chat. Yeah. So a question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your family known for? I think that's such a fun question. And I was thinking about it because here locally where we live, we are known from being from Alaska. My family, my husband and my two boys and I, we moved from Alaska about almost 10 years ago. And then about nine months later, we started an adoption process. So we're kind of like known as that like transplant transplant family who know who now has this sweet little girl who's adopted from Africa. And then you throw in, uh, we're a signing family because our daughter's deaf. So we're kind of known mm-hmm. as this like conglomeration of like a few things, but we're, we're basically known as like the signing family. Like we, we walk around signing all the time. Oh, wow. So now you all know sign language. We all know sign language. I would not say that we're all fluent, but okay. we can communicate well with a fifth grader. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so how was that learning that? that? Is that was that intimidating it, and overwhelming? Is it yeah? Like, tell me a little bit about the process. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the beauty of Zoe coming home when she did was she had no language, which is like mm-hmm. heartbreaking. She was almost five and had nothing. And so really we learned with her like as mm-hmm. we taught her we learned we learned we learned and then when she started school her little brain was like a sponge and just sucked up all the language it could so she comes home from school now signing a million miles an hour and we're like whoa hang on a second whoa what yeah. does that mean and she's really really gracious with us and like takes the time to like explain or she'll be like well you know this sign it's actually kind of the same and she just like really sits down and explains it so but then anytime i have to go into her school to like talk to teachers i'm always like okay okay <laughs> psyching myself up like i can do this i can do yeah. this and they're really sweet and gracious with us as well being a deaf school with hearing family it's we just do our best so wow yes incredible. it was a process and it was intimidating and it still is oh wow yeah that's incredible i mean I'm so impressed because, you know, I'm trying to help my kids with their language homework and I'm a mess. I don't remember anything from, you know, I took Spanish four years in high school. And then I'm like, yeah, I know nothing. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Can we like turn on a program or something and, and, you know, do on something online to help you? 
yeah, start watching start watching a TV show in Spanish. That's all we got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So you are here to talk to us about friendship. Now, I love the topic of friendship. I love the topic of community. So I, it was hard to figure out which questions I wanted to ask you to help our listeners. Um, but I think we've got some good ones. So one of the things I want to start out with is what I've found to be true. What you, I've heard you say is that we view, when we become adults, we often view friendships as a luxury. You know, when we're in school, it's easy for us to make friends. I remember, you know, in college, it was like that, that was everybody's main objective. That first three months of school is making friends. We're actively looking to do that in the workplace. It's easy for us to, you know, create community, but then we get married, we start having a family, we start getting busy. And then we, we, we just discard that, that wonderful aspect of probably what's been a part of our life all along. So yeah. let's talk about why that is. How does, why does that happen? And, and what's the impact of that? Man, I think the impact is our loneliness. And I think when we cast it off as something that is just, it's a luxury and it's something I just don't have time for. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the gym in a sense where it's like, I can't find out where it's going to fit in my day. So I'll just stop doing it. And that is what we often think about friendship and how we view friendship. And so it's, so it's one of those things where it's like, where do we find margin for relationship? Um, And really, when we think about like those college friends or those high school friends or all the friendships that we've had along the way, typically it's in groups, right? Like sorority groups or like class, like study groups and stuff like that. And I think with friendship as adults, we kind of have that mentality stuck. Well, like if I'm not in a group of friends, then it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. When really all we need is like one or two people that we can like you know, like I like side, but it's like that like collapse on the couch next to and just be like, oh my gosh, today was a day. But we also have to have those people where we can collapse and then say like, okay, but why? Like that, like calling us out and calling us up. We don't need mm. friends that we just kind of like moan to all the time. We need true community that's going to change the course of our days. And I mm-hmm. think that when we don't have that, um, we're stuck in this like loneliness cycle, which is only perpetuated more and more by social media, by seeing seeing other mom friends on the soccer fields chatting, like they have this community, like they know everything. It's like, man, I don't have that. And the more we kind of focus on that, the lonelier we get. Open yeah. up social media, the lonelier we get. Like it's just, it's just like really vicious cycle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many things you mentioned there that I could, we could talk more about. I think I spent a long time thinking that when I saw moms on the playground or moms in the soccer field chatting with one another, that they were like BFFs, that they were together all the time. They did things together all the time. And it's just not true. Like I do. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. there's people that do have friendships and they do have people they connect with, but I don't think it's as much as we think it is. And so when I finally started to reach out to some people, they were like, Oh my gosh, this is so nice to just have somebody to go to lunch with. And I'm like, what do you mean? You're like the most popular person on the soccer fields. Like we don't realize we make up this narrative and story in our head that everyone's having all this fun and I don't know anybody and nobody wants to know me. Right. We take that to the next level and it prohibits us from them reaching out to others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's seasons where it's like, I mean, I just don't have time for lunch. Mm-hmm. But then there's also times where it's like, man, I'm really craving some time with a friend. Like, yeah. so we just have to like, we kind of have to own our season and then we have to like act in it. Like, I think that's something I was talking to somebody recently. They're like, well, what, what, but what do you do? And it's like, man, you put your phone down and you look around and then you start complimenting people and then you start asking questions. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So 
I did ask a friend of mine, I'm like, what questions do you have about friendship? And her question was, what advice do you have for taking a leave of faith when it's outside of your comfort zone to connect with strangers? So yeah. you suggested like, put your phone down and look around, but what if that- This is where I want to be like the friend that like hugs you really tight and then shakes your shoulders and say like, you have to go for it. Like, I know it's scary. I know it's hard. I know it can be like crippling, but start with a sweet compliment. Hey, I really like those leggings. Where did you get them? Mm-hmm. Everyone softens when they're told they look pretty. (laughs) (laughs) So so start there. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, oh my gosh, those shoes or something that like, like if we're talking about soccer fields, like what are you guys doing for dinner these days? Because we're on the run all the time. Like Mm -hmm. just asking things that like, kind of like start a conversation. And I, and I always say like, I can start a conversation with a wall. Like I, I just... I don't know. I just can. So I'm not terrible at that. And I know that our friends might have some more struggles. And so I always try to be like, I know it's hard. I really do. But we're called to be brave. And if this is one of those like big, brave movements, then go for it. One of my very favorite things, I typically talk about it when it's like chasing our dreams, but I'm realizing now that like, this is a a moment where we need to be called out is, um, there's a quote from We Bought a Zoo and it says 20 seconds of insane courage it will change the will change your life. Like he says, he's like talking about like just being brave. I think he's actually talking about asking a girl out. Okay. It's like just 20 seconds yeah. of insane courage. And that's kind of what we kind of need to focus on when it comes to our friendships or like making new friends. Like, okay, psych yourself up. It's 20 seconds of insane courage. I really like those shoes. Where did you get them? Mm-hmm. What are you making for dinner right now? Just like, just asking questions and like kind of breaking, breaking that comfort zone. Cause once it's broken, it's hard to go back because then they know your voice. They know, they know you. And mm-hmm. so it's harder to retreat. And so yeah. I think when it comes to strangers, even like somebody at Target walking the aisles, like, oh my gosh, I just, I didn't see where that was. Where did you pick that up at? I'm so uncomfortable. You can look like such a weirdo. Like, trust me, I've gotten so many weird looks. <laughs> but I just, I've just made it a habit to like, kind of like, if you're thinking it, like speak it, like yeah. just kind of like throw it out there. Because one, there's a good chance that it just, you're just kind of breaking some, some habits of like holding stuff in and you probably won't see those people again. Or you have a really funny and sweet story of how you met your new best friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I can totally relate to all that. I love that. There was one day when I went out with my son to Target and I was just particularly chatty. I don't know if I'd been cooped up for a while or what it was, but it was like, every time I turned the corner, I would say something to somebody and they'd laugh and we chat and we walk away. And then I go to the registrants. He's like, you're really chatty today. I'm like, yeah, but it, it, it flowed. Like, and one of the reasons why I loved doing that was because I am an extrovert and I do like to connect with people. So it does in some ways come naturally to me, but I don't know what that other person is experiencing. And I don't know if me talking to them might be the first person that they talk to all week. It might be just the laugh or the chuckle that they needed in the midst of a terrible situation. And so, you know, we, I think oftentimes we make friendship a lot about us and sometimes Mm -hmm. reaching out has a lot more to do with how we can love and serve other people. And you know, I want to constantly remind myself of that when I'm afraid and I get stuck and I worry about what other people will think. Well, what if they, what if they think that this was so amazing that they were able to talk with someone today? Yeah. I'm all about making people feel that they are seen, heard, and not alone. Mm -hmm. And when we compliment someone's socks or shoes or leggings or bag, like they feel seen in that moment. And 
what a fun thing to help somebody when you don't know their circumstances, you have no idea what kind of day they're going through. And maybe Target was just like their quick reprieve, you know, or maybe, you know, just, you don't know the burdens that we bear. And so just calling someone out and just saying like, Hey, I really like that. I like your hair today. Like that mm-hmm. was really cute blowout. Or like, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. I like, I look at nail polish. Like, I'm a big nail polish person. And so I'm like, cute color. Where'd you get that? Like, just like finding something to compliment is really, really fun because you don't know. Yeah. Do you have any funny stories of how you've made any of your... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so there's this one time my boys were little. We still lived in Alaska and I worked at a coffee shop. This really all just goes along with my branding. Like it's time for coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was at a coffee shop and this girl came through all the time. Like she was just one of our regulars and she always had books in her front seat. So the way our shop looked, I could like see into her seats. And I'm like, what are you reading? Like I would always just talk to her. And one day, like totally randomly, I was like, y'all should come over for dinner. We could just have dinner one night. And my husband's like, you can't invite strangers <laughs> to our home. <laughs> but I did and they were great. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Yeah. I think we I think we miss opportunities sometimes because we're worried about what other people think. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So what are your three best tips? And I mean, three is just a random number. Well, what are your best tips for making adult friends? Like what is the like practical things and, and that we can put into use? Yeah. I think when we moved from Texas to Alaska, nope, Alaska to Texas. <laughs> when we moved to Texas, <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. When we moved to Texas, we had no no community here. And we had just left. Like I, I talk about leaving Alaska as like we really pulled up all of our roots and transplanted our family. And that was mm-hmm. really, really hard for us. Me, especially being so community, just needy. I needed my people. Um, so we started um, a gym. And it was one of the, one of my best tips is to put your phone down, like to look around you. Um, I had a four-year-old at the time, so I would take him into childcare and just kind of like pay attention to who was dropping a kiddo off about the same age and um, just like paying attention. Okay, well, where are they setting up? It was like a group X class. So like where are they setting up their box and where are they setting up all their stuff? The gym is a really fun place to make friends because you're probably at your most vulnerable there. I don't wear makeup to the gym. I'm typically like just freshly rolled out of bed and pile that hair up high and just go. And so you're at your vulnerable, like you're you're there. And so when you start looking around to see who else is there and showing up in that way, it's a nice place to like ask questions. One of my favorite things was to be like, hey, where did you hear what weight she said to grab? I didn't hear, you know? And I'm not saying like play stupid, but I'm just saying like involve other people into your life. Mm-hmm. Like just, just be aware. So I would look and see if they're dropping kiddos off. I would... um ask questions and kind of like, even like sometimes like, oh, that girl was nice to me last time. So I'm going to set up near her again. So I can like strike up, strike up a conversation. I'm a really, I'm an annoying member in a gym class. Cause I like will make side jokes. So I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. You know, just kind of like, just <laughs> yeah. like I'm trying to make people laugh, like trying to like kind of call out, like I'm a friendly person. <laughs> like, ah. And so I think that is like, I think if you go somewhere often, whether it's church, a Bible study, a mom's group, a book club, if you go somewhere often that you're seeing the same few people all the time, you're in a great situation to make friends because you know you already have something in common and you already have this routine of seeing them. The Mm -hmm. next step would just be to like say, I'm going to go grab coffee after this. Would you like to join me? 
or just just offering an invitation. It's it can be super non-threatening or mm-hmm. even saying like, hey, next week. That way it's not on the spot. But like, hey, next week, would you like to grab coffee? Like, what do you think? Um, just something that's out there that's kind of you're kind of displaying like, hey, I would like to like you're almost asking like on a date. Like honestly, yeah. a lot of friendship and dating relationships really go hand in hand. And so it's kind of like I like you. I think you'd be a really good friend. Want to go to coffee? Like, <laughs> just like setting it up. And then it's like that follow through of like just getting to know one another and seeing if they would make a good friend. So I think like that's two tips. Like look around, see who you're seeing often and just paying attention and then asking. But also I think sometimes we need to put ourselves in more situations to see other people. I joined a mops group, which all my friends here know, like I hated going to mops. I hated it. I now often speak at mops groups <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I hated it because it put, it constantly put me in a situation where I was uncomfortable. It was, it was in a tape, you know, you're fixed at a table with your group. You're kind of like being pulled out a little bit and, and opening up. And it just was a situation where I just was like every month I'm like, Oh, I don't want to go, but I would go. And I can't tell you how many of my closest friends I've met either at that mops group or because of that mops group. And so it's just one of those things like join something that you wouldn't normally join, whether Mm -hmm. it's a book club or a Bible study or a gym. Just putting yourself in a situation to meet people is better than sitting and scrolling on your phone wishing you could meet people. So those are like my three tips. I I think I covered three. Yeah. What I've learned is that you know, having a common interest is huge in maintaining longevity for a friendship. And if you're joining activities that you enjoy, you're, you're likely going to have something in common with the people that are there. And, you know, book clubs are great. Like you said, Bible studies are great. Classes are great. You know, my daughter is in her freshman year at college right now. And I'm like, if you start going to the dining hall at the same time every day, you're going to start seeing the same faces. So like every Tuesday and Thursday after that class, just head over to the dining hall. Like Mm -hmm. we've, I've talked about not sitting in your room, go down to the common spaces to do your work. Even as an adult, I tend to want to do my work in a coffee shop because I know that I'm going to see people come in and out. If you go to the Starbucks or any kind of other coffee shop, there's people that have routines. And so they'll come and they'll stop and they'll chat with me for a while. I know that the cost is maybe I won't have like you know, concentrated work, but I'll be able to work for a little while. And then 20 minutes later, someone comes in and then they sit down and they say hi to me while they wait for the drink. And so relationships have gotten started just because I keep putting myself in a place where I'm exposed to people. So that's been so helpful. And actually that's, that's really challenging to me because that's something I need to be better at. I, Mm -hmm. I'm such a homebody and really the last year and a half has just like created that in me more and more. And I love going to coffee shops and working, but I get super frustrated because I don't get enough work done because I am trying to talk to people. But I, I think that's something like if I'm telling people to put this into practice, I probably should be doing it more and more on my own. So you have challenged me and I'm going to yeah. do that this week. Okay. Well, when I work at home, I get up and I get a cup of tea and then I get a snack and then I go walk outside and start, you know, I don't know, tidying up the yeah. garden. I still have distractions. So yeah. Yeah. It is, there is a tendency to want to go, well, if I go there, I'm going to be distracted. Well, I'm, I'm distracted at home. So who am I right. kidding? Like, <laughs> there's, I can no, still... there's no good place. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so stop making excuses. That's right. That's um, right. Okay. So let's talk about the myths that people have about adult friendship. If we go back to this concept of us thinking that it's a luxury, it's probably we, because there are lies we believe about friendship or, or things that we just assume about adult friendships that are incorrect. So what are some of those myths? I think it starts with like, I don't have the time. And I mean, you don't have the time to like send a quick text to your friend. Like, you know, like that's, and that's, that's kind of like, I'm being a little sassy in that, but yeah. we, I, my best friend and I are in really busy seasons right now. She's got five kiddos, about four of them are in sports, three of them in, in sports. And so just busy. Um, yeah. And so one of the things that I try to do um, is when I think of her, I text her and like, she was setting up for a really sweet proposal for her younger brother last weekend. And I was like, Hey, I just want you to know, like, I'm praying for you. And as you set this up, like just kind of being really intentional with our words when we are texting Mm -hmm. and then really intentional with our time when we can Mm -hmm. be. So I think that we, we are like, well, I just don't have the time. I don't have the time or the capacity. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's probably really true. But like, what about family dinners? Like why not gather like both families and have like a big family dinner together once a month or something like that. Especially on a night of the week where you don't feel like cooking, have them bring, you know, do taco night. You cook the meat, they bring the fixings, like just be exhausted and tired together. Together. Yeah. (laughs) And shoot, make a margarita bar. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Like it's like make it. Oh man. And so I think, I think that time is a big one. I think right now, with the divisiveness that we're walking through, if we don't agree, we can't be friends. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a good one. Ridiculous. I have some of my closest friends that we disagree on things. And I think that hey, we're better for it because we can talk it out a little bit more or, and we don't have to agree. Like you have, you have your thoughts. I have my thoughts and good. Like, I'm so glad. Like I like to ask like, well, why, why do you think this way? Here's, here's mm-hmm. where I'm leaning. What can I, what can we learn from each other in this? Um, just having healthy conversation because I think the other lie we believe if there's conflict, it's over. And that is just, that's again, again, if we look at the parallels in relationships, like dating or romantic relationships and friendships, if we're in it for the long haul with our friendships, then, then a small conflict isn't going to break us. Mm -hmm. Um, same, same with a marriage. If my husband and I disagree on something, it's not going to break us. It's just going to be like, oh, okay, we disagree. Like, that's interesting. I didn't, you yeah. know, like, let's talk it out. Let's have, let's have a healthy conversation. If we could be better at taking those even long-term dating relationship tactics into our friendships, mm, that's good. then we, then we could have longer lasting friendships. Um, and so I think that, I think that disagreeing and conflict is a, is a huge lie that we believe that our friendship enters. And I just don't think it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like we think that friendship has to be organic, right? And if yeah. it's not organic and if it doesn't come easy or natural, then if they're not for us or it's not yeah. going well. Right. And like you said, and we would never do that in dating. Because we right. like them so much. We have a conflict. We don't just assume it's the end of the world, but we tend to do that in relationships for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. So talking about conflict <laughs> and disagreement. All right. So friendship breakups. When is it okay to let go of a friendship? And when do we know to fight for one? Because I, I think I've also read that some friendships just have a lifespan and that is yeah. okay. And, and I've heard too, you know, there are seasons for certain relationships. So how do we know when to let go and when to fight? Oh, if there was like a good like, <laughs> textbook answer for this, I should probably research that. I don't think there is. I think that it's just this like knowing in your heart. I've walked through, I've walked through both like seasons where it's just like naturally ended and you're like, it's been a month and you're like, oh, 
I haven't talked to them. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're okay. And then, and I, and I think that the difference is if you have that, like, oh my gosh, where's that person? And you can send a text and be like, hey, just want to check in on you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the sign of like a healthy move on. Like, okay, that, that's good. And, and staying like staying cordial or staying, staying like connected, but not like connected, mm-hmm. like on the daily. Um, and I think it depends on like, you know, the depth of the friendship and all of that. And then I think that there's, I'm always really careful with my words here. I always want to be really, really careful because I don't want to deem people toxic. It's like our kids running around calling mm-hmm. people bullies. I just yeah. don't think that we label that way. And I and I have been labeled that way. And I just, it's like devastating to me. Yeah. And I don't ever want to like harm someone's character like that. Um, so I think that if we're in a situation where there is a breakup happening and it feels toxic it is just dragging you down. You're just constantly worried or nervous, or there's just like, you're like trying to point back to the Lord or you're, you're kind of like heavy hearted. And, and when you pray about, it, you're just grieved. I think that, um, there's probably, there's probably a sign that it's time to end it. And it can be as easy as having a conversation or as hard as having a conversation. It could be as easy as like letting it kind of just like drift off or as hard as having a conversation. And I've had, I've had a little bit of both happen to me where it's been a knockdown drag out fight where there has, there's just no room for reconciliation. But then I've also had like the argument of like, we're going to fight for this and we're going to stay friends, but like, give me a, give me a couple of weeks. Like I need to heal a little bit. Mm. And then in that kind of couple of weeks, it just kind of fades off. There's no, like, there's no longer hard feelings, but it just, the relationships was fractured in a way where like coming back together just didn't feel natural. And now that that relationship is one like is a sweet one to me now because we don't do life together daily, but we have a coffee date set every month. Every mm-hmm. once a month we have a coffee date and we just sit and talk for a couple hours, just catch up on life. Before we leave that conversation, we set up the next one. And so while our friendship looks different because of the conflict we had, it's not gone. And so then there's that one, like, that was kind of one, like, I looked at, like, I couldn't fight for in the moment, but now I will fight for that friendship. And then there's others in the past where it's been like that knockdown drag out, like, there's no resolution here. We're going to, we're going to have to call it. Mm -hmm. And it's like a breakup. I mean, it's, it's literally a breakup because you have been so intertwined. You have been like, you've done life together and man, I miss your kids now. And I wanted to send this to you guys because it would be so funny. I mean, it's a breakup. And I think we have to heal from those relational uh, friendship breakups, just as we would a romantic breakup, which means like taking time and like crying about it and healing. And then, um, then there's those times where it's like, I just want to send you a text, but why? Like always check those motives. Like, why am I texting you? Is it because I like, just want you to like, remember who I am? Or like, I just want you to see how good I'm doing. Like, it's very much, (laughs) very much the same as like a romantic breakup where we walk through and we think like, what are my motives here? Mm -hmm. And I think even, even in the end, like, even if you're like in a conflict, just to kind of continue to check that heart, check that motive and see where's your heart and where's your motive? Because that is a telltale sign of like, do you fight for it or mm-hmm. do you let it go? That's good. I've often had to be mindful to not allow relationships that aren't as strong to mean something about me. So like there's been seasons when I believe, oh my gosh, like why aren't they my friend anymore? And yeah. and what have I done? And what is wrong with me? And And I've done that instead of just grieving, instead of just saying, this isn't the season for it. And there are often times when I've allowed relationships that, that I'm actually really okay with letting go of because 
we didn't have that much in common or we've gone in different directions. I've even allowed those relationships that I'm okay with letting go of to like make it mean something about me. And I've had to be mindful of like what's going on at the root of my sadness over this. Is it, is it really because I miss the relationship or is it really because I think that I can't have any disruption in my life that that I need to think through or work out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely let my relationships carry my identity. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who talks and loves friendship, I've let like, well, I, man, I've had a friendship failure. I can't talk about this anymore. Like, I, who am I now to mm-hmm. talk about friendship if I've if I've failed or have been failed? And yeah, I've questioned my identity, questioned my work, all of that, and then been like, well, I have to make it work. I have to I have to fix yes, this. And it's like, right, okay, like right. That's that's actually not what we're called to do right here. So yeah, it's there's there's a lot wrapped up in it, and I think we don't talk a ton about friendship in this aspect because who wants to admit that they're having trouble making friends, or who wants to admit that their friend broke up with them or left them or they feel abandoned or they feel insecure. I feel like there's a ton of insecurity wrapped in friendship because we feel like we should just know how to do friendship. And when you nursing baby and a toddler and kids running around, like, yeah, how do I do friendship here? Like this is, this is chaos. How, how, how could I invite somebody into this? And it's just a matter of, of kind of like humbling ourselves to say like, I really don't have it all together, but I do know that I need somebody to walk this out with me. Yeah. And like I said, like we mentioned earlier, I'm sure that they would probably be happy to say, yes, I'd love to come along because I need somebody too. So one last question, family wise, how have you seen your friendships positively impact your family's culture? Mm, Man, I, we have, we have some of the greatest friends and I'm so thankful for our community here in our town because we like, we have morbid discussions like, okay, if dad and I were to pass away, blah, 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 all those things. And so we have like this set plan of if something were to happen, then these men in our life would come like, I'll get emotional. even think about it because <laughs> they'd come as like a board of, of men around them mm-hmm. and like help them manage like, okay, who's like, there's like a will, like, okay, so-and-so gets the kids, all this stuff, but like, here's how it's going to be run or here. Like, it's kind of like taking our estate. Yeah. Um, but more than that, it's like, here's how we're going to help raise these children. It's just so beautiful. I'm like, it is, yeah. It's, it's so special to me. So when I think about our community, I think I have these families that like we get to go camping with them and we get to do all of these fun things. And there's been times where we've told our boys, like, hey, I don't necessarily struggle with this, like this temptation or this sin, but so and so has been really open about their struggle here. So if, if you find yourself struggling like this, we're going to send you over here to talk to them because they can mentor you Mm. through that. And same with our little girl, like, Hey, like if you want to learn how to do X, Y, Z, Juliana is so good at that. So let's go sit and like watch Juliana do this because she'll teach us. And even, even like the silly things like homecomings coming up right now and we live in Texas. So moms are a thing like the big, big moms. And they're like, it's like, it's like streamers. It's like this big circle with like streamers down it. And my son's girlfriend, I like text her mom. I'm like, hey, we're going to make Zoe a mom. And she's like, okay, what do we do? <laughs> I'm like, exactly. I don't know. But I know that my best friend has done this for years. And so we're going to learn from her. So it's just like, I think that there's this opportunity with our kids as we're raising them 
it takes a freaking village. Mm -hmm. Why not incorporate your village? Why not bring them in? Why not, why not give them space to help you? Because Lord knows we all need help. Like there's no way I can parent these kids on my own. I look at our oldest all the time. I'm like, I have no idea what we're doing, but like, (laughs) like, like he got in trouble recently and I'm like, does that punishment fit? Do you feel like that's okay? Should we do anything differently? And he's like, I think it's fine. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. So so from like, from like the big scope of like, we know that these men are going to walk them out if anything were to happen to us Mm -hmm. to the silly things of like, I don't know how to make a mom. So we're going to sit at Juliana's kitchen table and she's going to teach us how to make a mom Mm -hmm. Yeah. to, to like the camping and going on hikes. I'm like, well, I'm going to stay back with the babies or so-and-so's babies. So-and-so is going to take you guys on a hike, like run and go. And so I, I just, I feel really fortunate to have friends who want to be included and mm-hmm. then kids who are pretty shy, but they know who are, who's safe in their life. Yeah. I mean, I think you just touched on a few things. I, I, one of the things that I've incorporated is asking for people for help. And then that sometimes yeah. deepens a friendship. You know, yeah. people want to be asked for help, like to, they want to help you. Right. <laughs> and, and yeah. reaching out and saying, I don't know how to make this mom. Can I come over? I'll bring the supplies, you know, I'll bring the wine, I'll bring the snacks or come over to my house. Let's do this together. I need your help. I mean, who doesn't love that? Having that network is important. Having that community is important, but then also, you know, it just, it's, it is a reciprocal feeding of our souls. I know we don't want to ask for help all the time, but reaching yeah. out to your neighbor and saying, Hey, I really need help with this. It just, it breaks down walls that might've been there before for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and even recently, I have one of my children that's been going through something and I called up my girlfriend. I'm like, hey, do you mind finding an excuse for, for her to come over your house and yeah. just kind of like ask her questions and just see where she's at and just get a pulse on what's going on? And she was like, absolutely. Like, I don't know what I would be able to do because even with a good relationship we have, there's only so much sometimes we as moms or dads can do. We might need that third yeah. party that we trust and love to speak into their situation. Absolutely. And we always say that with camp, like we love camp because Mm -hmm. those camp counselors, they can be saying the exact same thing we are saying at home. But when it comes from this cool 20 year old guy or 20 year old girl saying like, man, I love Jesus so much, or man, this is really how my life has changed. For some reason, it sounds way better coming from then than it does for me. And I'm like, hey, man, I said the exact same thing. But it's like when we invite others in to speak to our children, they get it differently. And so like you saying, like, could you just invite her over? And as a friend with like, like, I keep saying Juliana, Juliana's like my best friend. They're the ones that we do like life together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If she were to call me and say like, hey, can can Molly come over and you just like hang out with her? I'm like, oh. Would be my pleasure. Like mm-hmm. I can't wait just to sit and have time with her. Or Molly will text me, "Hey, Mister Nick, can you bring your nail polish over so we can paint nails?" I'm like, "Yes, absolutely." Yeah. Like it's yeah. just there's no greater joy than to love somebody else's kids, knowing that like you get just the glimpse, like you just get to like it's like being an aunt. Like you just get to like mm-hmm. love on them and be supportive in a way that mom and dads kind of struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we talked about a lot here and we went a different, a bunch of different directions, but I think it's really important because I don't know why friendship seems to be such a complex topic uh, for adults. 
but it is, yeah. it's just everything about it changes, you know, and, and I thank so thankful now for all of the people like you, um, and others who are, are talking about friendship and, and doing the work and saying, Hey, we can do this together and there's a better way to do this. And, and, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be this mysterious thing. Yeah, man. I, I think it, I think it's wrapped in shame. And I think that we just have to kind of like uncover it and, and walk in freeness of saying like, Hey, we were made mm-hmm. for community and we're better off in it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Wasn't that great? I especially love the part about giving a stranger or someone that you'd like to get to know better a compliment. It's such a simple and easy way to connect. And I hadn't thought of it before. You can find Jeanette on her podcast at It's Time for Coffee. You can also find her at JeanetteTapley.com. She's on Instagram as Jeanette Tapley and also on Facebook as The Jeanette Tapley. I'll link to this in the show notes. If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find me over on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. You can find me at, at Kimberly Amici and you can find the podcast at, at Build Your Best Family. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose.